Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Dumpty 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 Dum Dumpty Dumpty Dum Dum Dumpty 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 Dum Dumpty Dumpty Dum Dumpty 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 there's no point shilly-shallying about it, you see. <laughs> Fantastic. So how is Canada land? Uh, yeah, good cold. Yes. Funnily enough, you know, January in Canada is cold. It's minus 10 today. Ooh. You know, it's, uh, yeah, it forces one to have purpose as soon as one gets outdoors. Does this weather. But yes. Good. All right. I'm all excited. Why? Because this is Dum Dum for the show about the reality darky drama that has centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the sparkling 65th anniversary that is Royfield Brown. And with me are the damp squid written by the agricultural editor that is... Lucy Freeman. That's harsh. That's a bit harsh. Well, it's very harsh considering you just called it a damp squid and I wrote squib. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. Thank goodness for, for editing. Um <laughs> And with me, I have the damp squib that... Oh, God. Let's just forget it. That was being done. <laughs> right, get your gag in. And the last part of our archery celebration, folks, is you. Now, today's dum dum is from Alex, son of Andrew Horn, age six. Another member of the dum diddlers It's Alex is age six, not Andrew. I hate to hasten to add. Didn't I, didn't I say Alex? No, the way I'd written it sounded like it's from Alex, son of Andrew Horn, age six. <laughs> Well, we've cleared that up now. Yes, we have. Smashing. Well done, sir. It was very good. Horn. It was. I like horn. Horn minor. Um, Horns minor and major. Uh, oh, that's quite clever. You're on form today, Lucy. <laughs> and we've only just started. But, Luce. Yes. Can you remind our growing band of listeners around planet Earth how they can win the accolade of Dum Dumber of the Week? Yes, 
if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction, or become hysterically excited at the prospect of changing cows, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe, which may or may not be working, according to Wim and the direction of the wind. Thanks to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices, to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Uh, thanks also to Derek. Um, he wishes you all Happy New Year. Uh, he's making a positive start for 2016, and he's doing lots of sort of new ventures. He's joined a creative writing class. Um, it didn't go. The first one didn't go massively well, to be honest, because he he assaulted his lecturer. Because all the poor man had said was that he felt Derek was a bit of a bullzack. <laughs> poor Derek. On this week's episode, we have calls galore. Whew, I tell you what, everyone was storing stuff up, weren't they? And now those cholerinera <laughs> dams have been burst. Miss Mid-Cities chuffed about scruff. Scott Matthewman who runs a critical eye over Linda's productions. Maeve, oh, I love me some Maeve, who agrees with the yokel bear. Jembe, who wants a more cheerful year. Mark Wilson, who hated calendar girls. Jojo, sexy heels, who predicts titchy knobs demise. Yokel bear, who's in a minority. Sarah Hyde, who's not hiding anymore. She's out. She's a first time caller in her. Auntie Jean, who's a fruitcake about fruitcake. And Andrew Horn, who thinks the editor's tongue is firmly in his cheek. Hmm. 50 years ago, that would have been outlawed and illegal, wouldn't it? Tongues in cheeks. <laughs> but first, before all of that, it's Lucy V. Freeman and her 2006 first week in Ambridge. "'Twas Christmas Eve and not a creature was stirring. Not even a mangy thing that had been living out of bins for months. No, not Ben and Josh, <laughs> but Scruff! Scruff staggered over to Shea Snell, having lived off the remaining half of Stefan's pelvis and Bridge Farm cheese for the last six months. Linda welcomed him with open arms, feng shuied him, and gave him a homeopathic cure for farmer's lung. It's like he's never been gone. The high point for the rest of the village was calendar girls, except Haley who was obviously not overjoyed at the prospect of watching her ex-husband actually do with Elizabeth Pardutter on stage what she'd only imagined him doing <laughs> while weeping on her tear-stained poly cotton pillowcase. Well, they're easier to iron. So she didn't go to Calendar Girls, but the rest of it did. And surprise, sir, sodding prize, it all went very well. They seemed to cope with Jean Harvey by beating her up subtly on stage. Their fear was that she would upstage them. A mute woman. Susan caught Neil with his hand in Krusty's knickers. There was a conspiracy to fiddle with Jean Harvey's knitting and the whole thing went on and on. Matthew and Pip seemed to be getting on jolly well with slightly less of the usual coy ickiness that accompanies Pip's relationships. So inevitably something is going to happen that is going to necessitate Matthew hanging around the village like some damp bunting until a job is miraculously found for him. Uh, David decided he was going to get out of dairy. So Pip decided she would find a new job being a freelance agricultural rep offering health care for cattle or something. To be honest, I just sat with my mouth open, gawping like a moron throughout this whole Brooker's bit as I didn't have a clue what was going on. Ruth's come home, has decided mm. she doesn't like the cows they have already and wants to swap them for some nicer looking cows that like being milked at a petrol station. Is that it? Don't write in because I don't bloody care. I was all keyed up for Ruth to announce that she was leaving <laughs> to become a wig maker at the Royal Ballet or something. But it just turned out she said, 
Yes, David, you are a massive bellend and you didn't even tell me you'd broken your arm when you knew that the one thing I was really cross about was that you didn't tell me things, but you know I'm here now, so you might as well crack on with it. Anyway, it sent Hootie Jill into a positive delirium and she galloped around the village with her foghorn, waving a fruitcake and telling everyone, even though for some reason it was apparently supposed to be a secret. And Pip seems to have a new job selling Welsh shoes. I didn't know the Welsh went for a particular style of shoe, but there we go. What do I know? Maybe those black boots that they wear with the pointy witch's hat. Things with Docky Lockie and Elizabeth are trundling on a pace with them comparing notes on how to handle their teenage children. Here's a couple of handy hints. One, do not have an affair with the nanny's husband right in front of them. Two, well, that's kind of it, really. Shula is going to be cross-eyed with fury when she finds out, which makes it all the happier. Elizabeth then went on to hold a ball in the orangery. Not for the first time. Barrow Farm <laughs> has gone arse up and is losing the gross national income of Brazil every week, so Justin has pulled the plug. Brian and Jenny Darling had an anxious conversation about it, which was hilarious as they are both such gigantic hypocrites. Brian was given the boot by Justin Elliott and Jenny Darling orchestrated an entire campaign to prevent him passing his dastardly plans. But then what happens? Oh, yes, we hate Justin. They say, boo to Justin. What a horrible man. Oh, look, there he is. Yoo-hoo, Justin. Come for dinner, Justin. Shine your shoes, Justin. Just pop your trousers down, Justin. Justin had spent Christmas at Gay Grable's enjoying the fruits of Ian's hard work. He did wonder why all the carrots looked like little tiny figures of a Ukrainian strawberry picker with knife marks all round the neck, though. I bet Jennifer lays on a good Christmas dinner, said Justin. You don't want a Christmas dinner that someone's laid on. Yes, she made a hell of a mess. Two glasses of Pinot and she passed out in the stuffing. So, what did we learn over the Christmas period? We learnt that Room 102 are leaving at one o'clock, that Ambridge really needs some more young single women to prevent Pip getting unrealistic ideas about her desirability, and that according to Joe, 94, 2016 is going to be the year of the Grundies. God help us, everyone. The end. Ha oh. I forgot the end. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's quite good. I enjoyed it this year. <laughs> well, do you know what? Do you know how old I am? You're near 40. I don't. Am I allowed to say? Yeah. Because you get quite cross about it, don't you? No, you, I don't. You're 45, no. aren't you? Uh, oh, God, I wish I was. 47. Are you? Yeah. <gasps> Nearly at your half century, mate. Mm, I know. And do you know, do you know why I know that? Um, well, because it's your birthday. And because the Daily Telegraph told me. That it was your... What are you talking about? I'm about to tell you. All right. Right. I was exercised and I was miffed about this bloody 65th anniversary show. Right. So some journo person says, Mr. Brown, would you like to comment on the anniversary show? And, and I went... <laughs> and then there it was in print. Roy Phil Brown, age 47. Now, what's my age got to do with anything? (laughs) (laughs) Because they like to kind of um, uh, put you in a category, don't they? As as you are, they think you are stereotypical Archer's listener. But you're not, because as we know, there is no such thing as a stereotypical Archer's listener. In fact, the only thing I found that Mm. seems to be a running thread of our listeners... Mm-hmm. amongst the men anyway is that sorry someone's oh they dear switch their, their phones off when they're on important podcasts. yes i'm sorry yes um uh is uh that they like formula one and the archers loads of our listeners like formula one 
Yeah, but uh, that's the point. It's not just you. Loads of them do. What on mm. earth is the correlation between... Fo- oh, hang on. Yes, something that just goes round and round and round in circles endlessly. You can kind of <laughs> see the connection, really, can't you? Very true. Very true. Should we uh, address the elephant in the room? The 65th episode, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. What were right. your thoughts, Mr. Brown? Go. Right, now. Hmm. Yes, I didn't know you were quoted in Telegraph. Yeah, man. Mm. National press. Uh, <laughs> now, I said, I had tweeted, too much talk about the business of farming, the colour of cows and yields have no place in an anniversary show. And I stand by that. And I did put hashtag should have killed Rob. Now, that was not true. They shouldn't have killed Rob. And we shouldn't have had some they big, massive... Have. Everyone well, should kill Rob as often as possible. Well, you can only kill somebody once. No, they should bring him back to life and have, he could have a series of near-death experiences and get weaker and weaker and weaker until he finally dies. It sounded like Goddess Diva now. Sorry, I'm pouring out my water. It's, it's, you cross between Goddess Diva and uh, Becky Blackbooks, who's going to do a zombie zombie archers thing. Is she? <laughs> <laughs> but you can only I will never somebody. tell the difference. <laughs> well... I felt shortchanged because we've been led in the last year to believe that Ruth and David's marriage was in mortal danger. Now, we had the abortive move to Hadley Hoch. But you were the one saying all the way through, no, they won't. Exactly. So So why do you feel shortchanged then? Because I was supposed to have felt that their marriage was in mortal danger. You know, we've been led a massive, up a massive garden path, which took us all the way to Prudder and back via the service stations in Nottingham and then uh, Auckland in New Zealand to think that Ruth was about to say, I'm jacking it all in. And I've said very clearly they're not because they are the moral centre of the whole bloody show. Yes. So it was just ridiculous. Ridiculous. However, we had this move to Hadley Hoch, which we all knew was never going to happen. And then we had Ruth's strop with the fact that David unilaterally made this decision to stop. Yeah. Then we had Ruth having all this time away uh, from the farm to be with her mother in Prudder. And we had David and Pip that were left there to make decisions sans Ruth understandable and that was the one bit of this which i thought was actually well uh well written mm-hmm. and that you understood from both perspectives you understood that ruth saying you're doing things without me and you completely understand the practical reasons why david and pip did get on and do things and i thought that was really well written but then you had this ridiculous i'm flouncing off to new zealand of which we all know in soap terms uh, anywhere uh, which is the other side of the planet in the colonies, is somewhat of a death knell for a character or at least some massive change of uh, direction then happens. You know, you, in, somebody goes off to New Zealand in soap terms or Canada or Ulaanbaatar or wherever the heck it is, you're not supposed to hear of them for six months. You know, a la Tom, yeah. a la whatever character in EastEnders. So yet again, another kind of red herring. So it spoke, So we were really supposed to believe that Ruth was going to come back, if she came back at all, and, you know, marriage was going to be off. But we know that's never, ever, ever going to happen. And going back into the history of Ruth and David, 
in terms of their marriage bumps, of which there have been a few, I can't remember the absolute nuance of her and her affair with Sam, but that was incredibly believable in terms of David um, forgetting the passion. And that, that's what happens in, in marriages, in long-term relationships. And then somebody new comes onto the scene and they're a shoulder for uh, you to cry on. And one thing leads to another. And I thought that was not only done with uh, understanding and compassion in terms of you still believed it was Ruth. Mm. It was still Ruth yeah. Archer. Yeah. It made sense yeah. what happened, how it happened. And then the fact that it was the, the, the mundane nature of, I can't remember whether she rings David from the service station. He says, oh, I'm just putting the tea on. That was the, you know, the bucket of cold water which is thrown over. And she says, I cannot go and yeah. uh, ruin, ruin my marriage. Now, were we supposed to believe that Ruth Archer took herself off to New Zealand? Okay, now we've, we've spoken about this before in terms of people deal with grief in different ways. So she took herself off to New Zealand, granted, right? Are we really led to believe that she wouldn't ring Skype, FaceTime her kids on Christmas mm, Day? Yeah. That for do, we, me, do we know that she definitely didn't? Well, because Pip didn't know what the heck was going on, did she? Pip was getting all of her information via her father. Now, that completely and utterly unbelievable. Mm. And if if we needed any proof that she was going to come back, it was actually that. If she was speaking to the kids and then they were saying, oh, dad wants to say hello, she was, now you're all right. Yeah. (laughs) Then we'd have things to worry about. Or more to the point, all those legions of Archers fans who you know, despise the character of Ruth, would, go, would be singing and dancing. Yeah. So these... Somewhat, yeah, it was a very contrived little It was setup, incredibly it? contrived. So that, for me, is the reason why this episode fundamentally fell flat because I knew she was going to wake up and go, OK, so we are back to normal. Now, I take the point, though, that... If you are attuned to the detail of farming, this is all different. And I get that. But let's be quite honest about it. 75% of us tune into this. And then when they talk about farming, all we hear is meh, 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 meh. (laughs) And, and And we don't understand it. And I had to listen to that show three times (laughs) to actually to really understand what she was saying. And I now I get it. It's not massively dissimilar to Adam in terms of they're going uh, Back to the to, past, yeah. you know, yeah. in the future. Yeah. Going to do things much more simpler. It made sense. And if you are a proper, a proper rural type person or a farmer, you know, maybe this is earth shattering. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it is. But if you've got a PR department that is cranking things yeah. up saying <laughs> things will never be the same. <laughs> balance will leave the you know, force will leave the artist oh, whatever nonsense right you are expecting to its core you know, people people sat down ass cheeks yeah. clenched yes. before tuning in listening to that show sphincters were tight with worry is that your said Royfield Brown in the telegraph <laughs> sphincters were tight with worry <laughs> and then you get we're changing the colour of the cows. I know. And you go, and, and you go what? <laughs> well, I was now, waiting for the and. And then I thought, oh, there isn't one. Oh, that was it. 
And then when it said, written by the agricultural story editor, I thought, I beg pardon? And played it again, written by the agricultural story editor, and thought, <laughs> aha! Yes! I know that this poor agricultural script editor, he hardly ever <laughs> bastard, gets yes. <laughs> his or her time to shine for a whole episode. So in terms of detailing the problems that modern mm. that modern British dairy farmers are having and possible solutions, hats off, Yeah. right? It should not have been played out on a 65th anniversary <laughs> show. That's my issue with it, right? They can change the cows mm. all they want at Brookfield. Yeah. Don't do it on the 65th anniversary show and then have your PR department crank things up and say, things will never be the same again, blah, blah, did blah, blah, really blah. Did they really say that? They did. Oh they did. Oh, my God. And that's the reason why people got upset now. Yeah. So just to be clear, was it a well-written episode? Uh, probably. Yeah. Uh, are what? things changing? Kind of. Right. But Not three... so as you'd notice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that was my problem with it. Did I like, because I'm an old fart and I'm a sentimentalist, did I like the Dan, Doris, yeah. Jill, Phil, you and me? I, I love Pip that. Pip and Matthew. Yeah, and it's going to be Pip and Matthew. Yeah. And, and I absolutely love that. I love that. Yeah. But the end was a little bit saccharine. But I think 65th, yeah. But just the builder. Yeah. Come on. I think One that's what, year yeah. of nonsense to get to this i think um with a sp- no uh andrew horn and mm-hmm. yokel bear both said the same thing they said it was kind of it, it 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 in itself it was fine but what went wrong for them was that they'd they'd um sort of positioned it as the the who shot jr moment and really it wasn't really 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 it wasn't Absolutely. um if there hadn't been this PR drum roll beforehand, yeah. I think it would have been fine, to be honest with you. Yeah. But you can't have but all then, of that. But then, you know, they killed Nigel and everyone went, oh, you don't always have to kill someone when it's, it's New Year's Eve. And we've been moaning all year about all the drama. So they deliberately then give us, you know, essentially mm. paint mm. drying and we still moan. So if the PR department had just said the archers returns, Full stop. That was a yeah. PR release. And then that show came yeah. out. Going, oh, Ambr- yeah, yeah oh. Brookfield goes full circle or something. Yeah. yeah. End of. Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Do you so feel purged now? I, I do. I do. I do. And um, uh, and thank you, Telegraph, for saying that was 47. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you had a good Christmas. I thought you were 40. Are you not 47 then? I am. Well, then why, why are you thanking them for oh, just for telling everyone that you are? Exactly. You Gentle. don't look it though, do Everyone. you? You look about twenty-eight. You're especially insanely on a young looking. Es- yes, especially on a podcast, I yes. do look very young. Whereas anyway, I am looking more haggard by the minute. It's like the picture of Dorian Gray. You're getting younger, and I'm. <laughs> I'm Benjamin Button, and you're Dorian Gray. I'm turning into Molly Sugden by the minute. <sighs> well, you know they say black don't crack. That's yep. what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, good Christmas before we go to listen to calls. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 Any New Year's resolutions? Um, I want to learn some magic tricks. Well, I'm going to learn a new magic trick every week. Card trick. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's only awesome if I actually do it. And Have I'm giving up hang gliding week? again. I did quite well last year, but not well enough. Uh, hang gliding? Yeah, I'm joking. I've never hang glid. I've never hang glid in my life. 
Mm. Hanglud. Hanglud. There's a lot of those people jumping out of aeroplanes or, sorry, like gliders with those um, kind of flying squirrels. <gasps> They're amazing, aren't they? Yep, they are. Oh, they my absolutely God. are. I love Look. terrifying myself watching their GoPro things when you watch mm-hmm. it from their perspective. <gasps> oh. Yeah, and there's this one which I saw last week, and I don't know, there's maybe about 20, just one after another to jump out of this glider thing, Ian. But if you actually look, one of them is crumpled in a heap on the ground. Really? Yeah, go back and have a look, or I'll, or I'll ping the link, you know. And uh, yeah, and I know that a lot of people get uh, severely mashed doing that thing, but it does not look exciting. It looks so exciting. If I did it, I would be flying along in a squirrel suit full of poo, I think. <laughs> I think I would completely lose bowel control and it would just be awful. I would have to be pushed, though. There's really? no way. There's no way that my my survival instinct would shut up for long enough to make me to allow me to, to deliberately do something that would, you know, that could kill me. So I just wouldn't do it. So they'd have to actually hurl me out i think could you do that could you do that could you yeah yeah, could... yeah, yeah, yeah. have you ever have you done a brave thing before podcast with you <laughs> yeah but you get paid extra for doing this don't you danger mm-hmm. money. but you know what i quite liked about what you just said what there's a link between me and my tight sphincter and then you <laughs> the loose one and a suit full of poo my squirrel suit full of poo <laughs> We ah. should have some listener calls, Lucy. Yes, we should. If only to mm. stop us talking about squirrel suits. Mm-hmm. Hello, Ambridge 3962. First up, we have Jembe uh, from Australia, who wants a more positive year in Ambridge. Hi, everyone. It's Jembe from the Dumdy Diddles clan. And I wanted to say, hope everyone has a, a very happy new year. And I really do hope that the storyline becomes a lot more cheerful and happy. And in the Calendar Girls episode, I do think that Linda did need to calm down a tiny bit. Thanks. Bye. I think Jembe is going to get her wish. Because if you look back at the, how long Sean been doing this now, Mr. O'Connor? Two years, 18 months, something like that. And what we've had is actually a return back to in terms of the setup anyway in terms of the characters and we mentioned this before so we have uh the fair brother family back we have uh carol Trigorum back we have a simpler way of farming at brookfield uh we have the end of barrow farm etc so i think we are ser fet ser fair set yeah, there you go. That's, no, that's set good. fair. Set fair. There you go. Set fair for uh, a kinder, gentler year of Ambridge. So I think, uh, Jembe, you could well get your wish. What do you reckon? Um. Yes. I don't know what he's doing. It feels like he's got slightly more of a plan now than he had before. Because before, I just got the impression he was he hadn't quite decided. He just wanted to change things, but he hadn't quite decided why he was changing them or where they were going to end up. But it kind of feels like he has slightly more of one now. Mm. But my own feeling is, and I am, this is not based on any inside knowledge whatsoever, so because God knows no one ever talks to us, but I think he is putting things in a position to hand them over. 
Mm-hmm. I think he's not going to be around for very much longer. Well, only time will tell. Mm. Only time will tell. But it's like he's leaving things in good order. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't I'll, know. That's yeah. just the impression that I get. But I don't know. But I am so glad that the Grundys had a nice Christmas. It's lovely. You know what? Even that, right? Just to go back to what we were saying before about the uh, the PR department cranking things up, all this Joe foreshadowing. Yeah. Again, we were led to believe. Yeah, dusty substances least... had, had, was dusting off her black coat. She was convinced <laughs> that it was, you know. Again, all these deliberate kind of red herrings. Yeah. Uh, oh, Joe's going to die. He's going to die, you know, homeless in some squat or whatever the heck it was, some Dossa squat in uh, Felpersham. And then, no, he's going to, at least he's going to be back at, at his ancestral farm pile to die in his chair and you know it's like stop just stop 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 yeah we know for a fact with the exception of jack woolley older characters are never bumped off on the archers they die naturally they fade out very slightly in terms of their amount of appearances on the show and then they're allowed to die naturally so joe you know nobody's ever going to write joe grundy dying you heard it here first yeah yeah his farmer's lung will will get a little bit worse and then he'll say he was ever so quiet and then he might pop into the laurels and that'll be that. <laughs> mm, exactly. Hi there, Dumpty Dummers. It's Jojo Sexy Heels here. Um, many thanks to Royfield and Lucy for a magnificent 2015 of podcasts. That's such a joy. Mondays and Tuesdays when those podcasts come out have absolutely made my year. You make me smile every week. You've created a community of caring, funny, quirky Dumpty Dummers, and I'm proud to be one of them. My highlights of the year include the persistent earworm of Herbal Lay. Um, Peggy, also 94, but never usually mentioned, becoming ever more bitchy, especially around Auntie Cardboard's inadequate cooking skills. Kate's housewarming party um, with the bongs and Brian in full pompous flow was brilliant. Uh, another highlight was the demise of Heather Pet. Um, the regular chilly nights in the Carter household, they've become a bit of a revelation this year. The tweet-alongs have been amazing. And for me, it's always on a Sunday morning. And the development of the uh, imaginative Playmobil uh, characters in the Plachers, a joy, absolute joy. Um, I've enjoyed the missing scruff storyline, including the dead dog in the silage clamp. You know, I was heartbroken at that point. And scruff's miraculous return once Lindy and Robert had returned to Ambridge Hall. The image of him skulking in the bushes for eight months, waiting for the lights to come on, had brought tears to my eyes. Um, The November Dumpty Dum gathering when I met Graham Seed. Oh, what a joy. I posted the picture of myself with with Graham and I think I got the most retweets on that one than any that I've ever done. Special thanks to um, the god that is Kerry Davis for the Grundy's Happy Christmas storyline and the image of Joe, age 94, back by the ingle nook in an old battered chair with a glass of cider was wonderful. Jojo Sexy Hills gave us her highlights of the year. What are your highlights of the year, Mr. B? Mine was Johnny's Swerve Bowling 
against Darrington. <laughs> Quite like that. <laughs> then you there big was... weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> then there was, you know, closely followed by the ridiculous, as somebody pointed out, so I can't take credit on this, um, uh, did Rob edge the ball gate? Yeah. And the fact that um, apparently Helen has on a you know, iPhone camera the fact that he did edge it though Tony who was what 12 yards away couldn't see it and nobody else could but she was like 100 <laughs> yards away and spotted it on her iPhone you know those were my two highlights of the year. all I've got to say about this Titchy Knob thing is enough just yeah. please please enough he's a great character we've said it before In an, he's an amazing actor but come on yeah. Just, just please come on now. Um, and maybe this wasn't the PR department. Maybe this was just us listeners, us fans, thinking, right, Christmas is coming. Mister O'Connor came from EastEnders, or something big always happens at Christmas, so it's going to yeah. be Rob. Rob's going to get his comeuppance. But we, we do need this to to be this storyline to be pushed out of the door. We yeah. do. Yeah. We do. Or at least the next phase of it needs to happen. You know, the phase where everybody knows it's a shit bag and then they deal with the uh with the uh the aftermath of him being outed as a shit bag. Yeah. But this he is um great from the outside, or at least many people still believing that he is some upstanding uh father and husband and then Helen's anguish, that phase needs to be put to bed. Yeah. I think one of my highlights was genuinely Scruff coming back because like like all English people, I'm not at all bothered about the death of a person in a drama. But if you kill an animal, I hate you forever. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I, I hated that. I felt so sorry for Scruff and for Linda and everything. And I was very, very glad when Scruff came back. Um, and I've actually really enjoyed the relationship between Jenny and Brian this year. Mm. Brian settling into he's he's sort of he's kind of lost his touch a bit hasn't he as the lothario although i'm sure he doesn't think he has but um and he's kind of moved into this grumpy grandfather figure who has to put up with lillian and um and kate and jenny oh darling all this stuff you know and and, and um lillian moving in with them and um and Jenny's hysteria about going to Oxford and and Brian's losing patience with it. And I really like the way he escapes all the time. He nicks off to the bull or he escapes into his mm. study or, he, you know, it's just very as sort of a, 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 a man heading towards retirement and um, sort of a woman who's still very much in the heart of the family and and wanting to control everything that's going on. I think they've, the interplay between them I've really, really liked this year. I, th I think you're right. And again, um, a, a current theme is the fact that Brookfield is the centre of the whole show. Mm. And, but because they are um, this solid couple, they're actually very boring. Even mm. when mm. they've had the year that they've had, mm. we complain and say that they're actually quite boring. Contrast that to uh, Brian and Jenny. Yeah. They're brilliant. Never They're a dull bloody moment. Yeah. Well, I think that part of that is Kate, though, isn't it? Because Kate's just, she brings drama with her every time she walks through the door. She either provo she provokes an uh, argument, she's, a, she's done something stupid, or she's, you know. But, but Lucy, but Lucy, what? have you seen um, 
one minute. Let me just get to this. You're not Let laughing for seeing get... a picture of her again, are you? No, 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 no. I know you like right. staring at it. Character statistics, I do. I do. She's a fine-looking young lady. Uh, now, Mike Hatton. Now, he has got... 61 human beings have liked his page of the character statistics, put my yeah. teeth in, for 2015. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now... Many things are revealed on this. And um, who's, which character has appeared in the most episodes? There's approximately 300 in the year. Who's, who's appeared in, in the most? David. Uh, uh, absolutely. Number two, guess. Oh. Um... Bit of a surprise, this. Jenny? Pip. Oh. Oh, yeah. Now, three and four is Helen and Rob. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, you said... That Jenny and Brian, that, you know, that their humour comes from Kate. Yeah. Kate Matakani only was in 43 episodes Blimey. since the 18th. Exactly. So, she made so her presence felt wrong. in every one, she didn't did. she? <laughs> but she hasn't been in it for the last two, three months, has she? No. But, it, but they're always talking about her. You know, like they would, Andrew Adams saying, oh, she wants me to build these these yurts and the yurts have been delivered and all that. She doesn't even have to be there for her still to be a sort of the fulcrum around all the, around a lot of the, the drama that happens for that family. And Lillian, between uh, Kate no, and Lillian. But this started, let's say, this new phase of Brian and Jenny being this slight uh, comic act. You know, it's not belly laughs. It started okay? with the kitchen, didn't it? Exactly. Yeah. It started with her super duper kitchen yeah. and the hot boiling. And it was when it cats. was. It's so interesting. It was when Brian transferred his 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 sort of uh, sensual interest in life from sex to food. There was a very <laughs> profound shift yes. that I, I can only assume goes along with the prostate in some way. And he sort of <laughs> became well, obsessed yeah. with gravy rather than gentleman gravy and mm. um yes that's that's all he wanted to, to 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 talk about and that was why the the kitchen thing so upset him in the days of shagging siobhan he wouldn't have wouldn't have batted an island whether, whether the kitchen was was going or not because he sort of didn't really care about what he was eating or anything mm. as long as she put on a I, good show for the for the shoot you know listen you're you're spot on the only the other thing i'd add to that is the fact that when annabelle shrivener uh that kind of uh, yeah, yeah, orchester yeah. life you know, Borchester Life. Uh, the BL Board, sorry. Mm. Uh, it is Borchester Life, then, isn't no, it? Borchester BL Land. Board. Borchester Life. Borchester Land. Life yeah, is yeah, a magazine. Is the, yeah. Um, so, Annabel Shrivener and the coup d'etat there on, on the board. And his focus solely really becoming, uh, you know, all things kind of on the, on the farm. Yeah. And he's just become... A revelation yeah yours was a brilliant character but yeah. we didn't realize the comic turns yeah you know, so yeah mm. love him uh and i would like to apologize to the world at large for using the phrase gentleman gravy anyway um <laughs> hello dumpty dum hello everybody it's uh Maeve here from um also known as uh, in the big press just wanted to wish everybody a, a very happy new year and hope you all had a nice christmas I've been listening sort of on and off over the last couple of months uh, for various reasons. And um, and I do have to say that on uh, Twitter, picking up on uh, Yokel Burr's open letter to uh, uh, the Archer's editor. Um, yeah, I kind of agree. I think the whole storyline of Helen and Rob 
as really important as it is, but it kind of is hanging like a really dark cloud over every episode, really, and I'm kind of... I haven't listened uh, because I'm kind of don't really want to have the stress of thinking, oh my goodness, will they be back? Will it be another uh, horrible uh, experience for poor old Helen? So, uh, yeah, come on, we need some kind of resolution to this. A believable one because I have to say that, that you know, the characters and, and again, what's been said on Twitter, Pat, uh, who I've always, I've always regarded her as a bit of a kind of a bit wet and a bit kind of lefty and liberal and all that kind of stuff but actually a real feminist and somebody who stands up for women and and particularly for her daughter so I just don't get and it doesn't ring true this whole kind of uh, lovey uh, approach that she has with Rob um, that she has chosen to ignore her daughter's distress clear distress as any mother would pick up on so um, so yeah so one another reason for not really listening very much is because I can't tell who the bloody hell anybody is anymore. The vicar sounds like the doctor. The doctor sounds like the vicar. It's kind of a Toby Rex, Charlie, all that kind of stuff. I really am losing the will to live uh, when I uh, listen in. Um, so I don't really. And sometimes I just click on the synopsis or sometimes I just follow on Twitter, which is far more entertaining. So love to you, uh, Lucy and a new Royfield have a super new year and see you on the other side uh, poor Maeve is going to have to stop listening because she can't tell who anyone is anymore she says she's very confused someone else rang in Mark Wilson rang in and said how come how come the doctor sounds like the vicar mm. Um, and Maeve gets muddled up between the Doctor, the Vicar, the Fair Brothers between them, um, Charlie and Tom and everybody. So she's just given up and is now reading the <laughs> reading the synopses instead and listening to us in an effort to figure out what the hell is going on. But also she finds the storyline that shall not be named too upsetting to listen to. So she'd rather just wait till it's all over and then she'll come back and listen to it properly. You know, I loved about Maeve's call. What? Didn't she sound well? She did. She did, she did. Ah, she did. (laughs) (sighs) Hello, Dumpty Dum. Happy Christmas. Uh, Very happy New Year to everybody. Uh, It's Scott here, Scott M on Twitter. Uh, And I'll just, before I start, what I wanted to talk about, just wanted to say belated uh, thank you to Royfield and Lucy for organising the dinner um, with Graham Seed. And hello to everybody who said hello to you then. And sorry, I haven't called in before now. Um, But right back onto what I actually wanted to talk about Um, I should say that one of the things that I do as part of my evening job is review theatre I am the Tristram Hawkshaw of London Fringe Theatre and uh, so I really wanted to voice my frustration at um, both Blythe Spirit last year and Calendar Girls this year, two very well produced pieces of radio drama um I, th- I think they were performed really well i think they were adapted for radio very well um particularly because both pieces actually have quite visual elements but the one thing that um, i found most frustrating listening to them was that it was clearly not the characters of ambridge playing roles in an amateur production. It was professional actors whose voices we know throughout the year playing new characters. And I know it's a subtle distinction and I know it's a bit churlish to uh, complain about it too much because we do, after all, get a couple of nice 
plays at Christmas that with um, actors who, quite frankly, have voices distinctive enough that they very rarely get the chance to do any radio outside their traditional Ambridge roles. But it just feels like it's a real strain and it takes me out of those particular plays a little bit too much. Um, and I do wonder if this is going to become an annual thing, whether it would actually be better um, rather than producing something um, in the studio as a crafted radio drama, whether they actually record something with a live audience. So at least you've got that ambience that a production that Linda Snell would be making would actually have. And it would be nice actually just to be able to maybe do, like I know BBC tickets tend to give away tickets for free, but maybe they could uh, put a charity donation on the door or something. So you could actually raise money for good causes by having Archers fans come and enjoy seeing the the actors that they know and love playing characters, playing a role. And for me, that would make a much better Christmas production that we could all enjoy. That's it, really. Um, I know it's a little thing to be annoyed about, it really, isn't it? But uh, well, what else is Dumpty Dum for if not being annoyed at really little things? OK, <laughs> cheers. Uh, speak to you all soon. Very much looking forward to it. And uh, bye. Now, who knew that Scott Matthewman was a theatre critic? Scott Matthewman is our very own Tristan Hawkshaw. Um, he mm. says, why could they not do... Uh, but he was talking about Blythe Spirit last year and Calendar Girls this year. Yes. Why could they not do them? Why could Radio 4 not actually do them as self-contained radio dramas with a live audience? Because I he says... I that's a great idea. I think it's a great idea. I don't know how they'd do it because obviously they'd, they're going to need to edit. They'd have to, they can't be doing a live run-through mm. uh, because they'd, they'd still be on the book, wouldn't they? Um, but I think that what we ended up with when they did i think i think they were both very good productions but um they were kind of neither one thing nor the other really it wasn't lillian in calendar girls it was sunny ormond in calendar girls mm. but we as archers listeners were listening to it thinking we need a bit of lillian to make this to give this an edge uh and obviously she can't do that so because they don't want to put off people that don't listen to The Archers, but just want to listen to it as a self-contained drama. So, yes, it ended up being... It was just trying to be... What are you doing? What's that clicky noise? Oh, sorry. I'm I'm looking at uh, Twitter. <laughs> you should be listening! I am! <sighs> um, I can do two things at once, you know. No, you can barely do one thing at once. Um, that, yeah, I, I think it was... It ended up being... It's not correct at all. <laughs> It ended up being, being neither one thing nor the other. Did you listen to both of them? Um, I listened to Blythe Spirit last year. And I think I was in Canada land again then when I, mm. when I listened to that. And then when I was in San Francisco, then I saw the play. And it was really good to compare and contrast. I think uh, I haven't listened to Calendar Girls. I haven't. I started and I didn't finish, not because I thought it was bad, Something happened. I don't know. My mum came in with a, with a mince pie and said, you know, speak to your auntie Pearl or something or another. Um, and I just haven't got back to it. In terms of potential marketing for the archers, it's a genius move. Mm. But 
they don't make that specific link, do they? No. Actually, when they run the show. And as you've just said, and other people have said before, also what they don't do is it isn't, as you said, it isn't Linda Snell playing a role. It isn't uh, Jenny or, or, or whoever, or Susan, shall we say. It is definitely a professional actor and the voices change and you don't necessarily know who half of the characters actually are. There is no real link back to the mm. archers. And, and because of that, you feel somewhat short change. And then also because this thing is going out for broadcast, it's well done in inverted commas because it, it could, because it's edited. It's not an amateur production. It's not an Amdram production where occasionally someone will forget their lines and then you hear the person off stage whispering them to them mm. and, and whatever and, you know, and the little titters and guffaws. So in terms of, you know, it, the potential of it is great. We're going to throw this drama out every Christmas uh, to people that don't listen to the archers and loosely say that you know, the, the characters in the archers are doing this and it might create some extra listeners. But that doesn't actually work in, in that respect. And if you listen to the archers, um, it's not an amateur production. It is a full slick BBC mm. production. Mm. So... I don't feel that I've missed anything by not listening to it this year. <laughs> uh, and dare I say it again, um, if ever a production should be either on uh, IMAX cinema or at least on TV, it's going to be Calendar Girls. <laughs> uh, you know, um, that is definitely one drama which uh, is lost, is denuded uh -huh, by being <laughs> on the radio. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody, from Miss Mid-City. And I'm still in the festive mood, feeling very jolly and cheerful because Gruff is back. Yay! I'm a little bit worried at the same time because he didn't sound like a very well doggy. Uh, I only hope that his reunion with his family is, is not a short-lived one. Um, but he didn't sound like a, a very well doggy at all. Um, I'm less happy that Ruth is back. I think it was inevitable, but... Oh, I did did live in hope that she she really was gone for good, but no, she's back and she's back to stay. Uh, made it very clear that as far as she's concerned, she and David are very much together, and uh, they're going to weather the storms and the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune and uh, ride this roller coaster that they call marriage together. Miss Mid City. Mm. Scruff is back. She's very pleased. She says she's less happy that Ruth is back. I mean, did Scruff come back because all because they moved back into Ambridge Hall and the lights came back on again and he suddenly, real, you know, he was just waiting for them to come back? Mm, I, I don't know. That's but... very sad. Poor little Scruff. Um, anyway, she also says, how come Helen didn't realise that Rob didn't like Kirsty? Helen is a bit thick, isn't she? Ooh, do you know, I don't think Rob likes Kirsty. When You know, when he, he's been... He's been sort of highly critical of her ever since he worked with she worked with her at the shop. Mm. And they're in the play together, remember? Yeah. The play before last. Yeah. Yeah, when they had a massive row, didn't they? Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I don't know what to say, but I'm, I'm not going to talk about that storyline. Roy Field and all the Dumpty Dummers, uh, happy new year to you all. Uh, my name's Mark Wilson, and I'm a first-time caller-innerer. 
I've been listening to the Archers for about eight years now, so uh, on Royfield's scale, I'm still a novice. But I just wanted to say, and I'll probably get shot down for this, how dire I found Calendar Girls was. I know it's a bit of a divisive topic, um, but uh, I listened for about 20 minutes before I gave up, and I'd really much rather have a feature-length episode of the Archers, maybe to bring the Robin Helen uh, story to a close or to replace some of the content from the other underexploited and unfinished stories. Uh, I nearly called in a few weeks back to say what's happened to all of Kenton's problems and what a marvellous opportunity missed it was to look at some very serious mental health issues and um, uh, that just seems to have passed by as I know Roy Fields uh, already discussed on the podcast but really really we need Sean O'Connor to stop treating the archers like a radio soap uh, or as he likes to call it a contemporary drama in a rural setting and go back to being an everyday story of country folk. Also, is it just me, or does Dr. Locke sound just like Alan the Vicar? Happy New Year, everybody, and uh, I look forward to listening to many more episodes of the podcast and indeed of The Archers. See you. Bye. Mark Wilson, a first-time caller in We salute you, sir. Sir, we salute you. Even though you forgot all the rules and didn't tell us where you were calling from, what you do, I'm desaluting you, sir. Yes, unsalute. Um... Do you unsalute or desalute? I've no, I don't think you can. Mm. Well, I'm taking back either. my salute. Yes. Um, and uh, do you know what? I've got no idea what he said. I can't remember. He hated Calendar Girls. Did he? Mark Wilson, first time caller in uh, forgot to tell us where he's from, what he does. So we will make mm. it up. He is from Ipswich and he is a zookeeper. Well done to you, Mark. Um, <laughs> uh, he hated Calendar Girls. Absolutely hated it says mm. um and he also wanted to know what the hell happened to kenton and all his mental problems as he's now completely fixed in mm. soap time just completely yes. done all he... done happy happy mm. well uh i haven't got too much more to add to that no mm. it's just another i think that's kenton storyline was another example of let's try this oh no i've changed my mind now let's do that instead um Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers around the world It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here Wishing you a happy new year And a happy 65th anniversary So, was I disappointed with the anniversary show? Besides not understanding all that bovine talk Not really As has been tweeted about Our expectations were falsely elevated by the PR people not by the denizens of Ambridge. First, I thought it was kind of cool that we spent the entire 13 minutes at Brookfield. I was always a fan of Ruth and was just distressed about her recent behavior, albeit it was following the death of her dear mother. We weren't privy to her time in New Zealand. It sounds like it was one of reflection, taking stock of her life, and recharging her batteries. We've gotten used to these turnarounds, and I'm a sucker for happy endings. It also brings a coda, or so I hope, to the year of turmoil for David and Ruth. Lots of their behavior didn't make sense, but I'm willing to move on. Hope you are as well. Now on to Rob. To summarize my forum post, I'm now suspicious that Rob is an embezzler, and that's the reason why Barrow Farm is in such financial trouble. Jennifer will tell Adam, who will tell Charlie, who will turn into Sherlock. We will also get to the bottom of Colbert Gate and Botulin Gate. Now I know that all of this is wishful thinking, but one can hope. 
Regarding Helen, still not eating, her pregnancy will be in trouble shortly. And then there's her odd response to her conversation with Ian. She's completely repressed or suppressed it. Now, there's a difference between the two, and it could be significant for Helen. Repression is forgetting a memory unconsciously, and suppression is consciously forgetting a memory. Both defense mechanisms can occur in reaction to a traumatic event. On that cheery note, I have to take leave, time to take Angus for a walk, and set the dinner table for one last holiday event. Until next time, it's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis signing off. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Witherspoon, you have to stop recording with a bucket over your head I don't know what you're doing mm. The, co- the call quality did change somewhat halfway through, <laughs> didn't it? When he put the bucket on his head um, yes. uh, He says, you know, he's always been a fan of Ruth and everything And that he wasn't disappointed by the Christmas, by the anniversary show He was very glad that she came back but why is David now sounding so grumpy? This is me asking, asking this, not him. Uh, because, you know what, it could well be that he's a bit miffed with himself because he didn't think of this. Yeah. Again, when you Good listen God. for the third time to that episode, <laughs> right. And try to make head or tail of it. <laughs> What Ruth said made complete and utter business sense. It isn't about the margin per yeah. se and the cost. It's and about they... the profit, isn't it? And how they well, maximise that. And exactly. that's the less outlay they have than the more Exactly. Profit. And Ruth has uh, looked at this very much from, from the outside looking in and said, no, 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 no. You know, all these givens that we have to produce the milk in this way are not givens. You know, and maybe, and I think David is kind of miffed at himself, really, that he didn't realise this. But we've already had a month of him trailing round after her, going, "What's the matter?" and her going, "Nothing." What's the matter? Well, Nothing. And now we've got, "What's the matter, David?" Nothing. For God's sake, do we have to have that? For we're going to have this performance now till Easter before he cracks and tells us what the bloody problem well, is. Right or is he going to go to New Zealand and have a little think? <laughs> well, right here and now, I'm much more up for this storyline than I was the three quarters of the nonsense that came then, before. The, yeah, them no, th- th- this is much more believable yeah. in terms of, you know, maybe David's thinking, well, this is, yes, this is our farm, but really it's my farm and it's my inheritance. And you're making such a major uh shift and change in focus that you know i just feel you know slightly unbalanced but bearing in mind we had we did have again foreshadowing of this um at the start of the year with all that oh this is how dan originally used to farm yeah. remember all of that yeah, 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 you know so we and have we're all had... saying what we do where are we going with this and like in the field that milking in the field business exactly yeah exactly mm. um which I'm sure was the agricultural dictator, you know, <laughs> lobbing that one in. <laughs> From the boundary. Um, we need to squish together, mm. whether they like it or not, mm. Andrew Horn, Auntie Jean and Yokel Bear. Ooh. So get ready to be squished, everybody. Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here and a Happy New Year to you all. I quite liked the uh, 65th episode and I think Sean has played a very cool game on us all. All year we've been complaining he's too sensationalist, EastEnders, yada, yada, yada. So what does he serve up for us 
not a plane crash on Ambridge, not Ruth going off with a, a lesbian crush down under, but a sensible farming episode. I sense his tongue in his cheek and a great dollop of irony, and I actually found it tremendously amusing. Why, when they were moving to block carving, they didn't move to block carving uh, so that peak milk would be when there is uh, peak grass? I don't know, but they must have had their reasons. I can't remember, and I'm sure Cosmo will correct. Anyway, um, that's enough. I will speak to you all in more detail next week. Bye. Hello, it's Auntie Jean here. Uh, I hope everyone had a lovely Christmas and a wonderful New Year. Um, I'm ringing because of all the comments I've seen regarding the anniversary episode. Um, And I have to say that I really, really liked it. I think here's the problem. We've got used over the years to anniversaries being marked, and they have been, leading up to throwing Nigel off a roof five years ago. And we all went, oh, God, that was terrible. Why did they do that? So I can completely see why they didn't do anything else and why they kept it to milk yields and profits and fruitcake. And to me, it suited me completely down to the ground um, because that's what the archers should be. Um, David and Ruth are a bit boring and over the top at times, aren't they? But, well, we have to put up with that. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Yokel Bear here, um, calling from Yokel Land. And Happy New Year. God, it's a new year. Um, They come round quite quickly, don't they? Well, not quickly, like fairly regularly, really. Um, So, yes... I've woken up this morning to find myself in probably the minority camp with two things. First of all, get this one out of the way, I love the Sherlock Christmas special. I know it's not Archers related, but most people seem to hate it. I loved it. Anyway, that's out of the way. Now, the 65th anniversary show. Um, yeah. Do you know what I think the problem here is? was all the hype beforehand, all the publicity they put out saying it's going to be special, going to be special, going to be something big. And actually what they've done is, I think what a lot of us have asked for in a way, which is a bit of a return to, you know, a bit more about farming, a bit more character-driven stuff rather than plot. It was kind of about, you know, the discussions with David and... um, and Ruth, and, and, and kind of, you know, and also it was Robless, which was brilliant. Um, but I think, again, the problem seems to be balance. It's It was too from Washington much the to other Obama, way. We don't ten American presidents, entire a new podcast from Royfield show Brown. about the issues around farming and uh, milk production and what have you. We need some of that. And then we also need some plot in there as well so i don't know i mean i just think they fumbled it a little bit i enjoyed the episode i quite enjoyed having a nice episode about the characters and about farming but i don't think it should have been the 65th anniversary episode i think they should have pushed the boat out a little bit but not so far that it was some horrible rob helen fest there we go that was an auntie jean andrew horn yoko bear sandwich for the new year um uh, yeah they all like the anniversary episode and yoko bear loved the sherlock christmas special which puts you in half a percent of the population i think yoko bear especially if you can actually <laughs> understand the damn thing what well, we um me and royfield having to listen to the, the the anniversary episode three times to understand what the hell ruth was talking about how many times did you watch the sherlock episode to figure <laughs> out what the bloody hell was going on um i gave up 
and started reading the newspaper halfway through that. Um, yes, press press office's fault, he says as well, for making too much of the anniversary episode. It was, yes, a, a bit of a miscalculation on their part, I think. But we'll forgive them. As long as they hurry up and get shot of Rob, we'll forgive them. There was yet another piece. India Knight did a piece um, uh, about Rob and Helen this Sunday in The Times. And on the Saturday, on New Year's Day, David Aronovich in the Times talked about the anniversary issue uh, edition and that he liked it and, and everything. And that it was a return to, you know, dribbling on about yields and, you know, what colour cows they had and all that. Can I just quickly just jump in here? Mm. Right. Um, if any of our listeners know, uh, have like any back channels of communication to any of those two um illustrious I ha- I, archers listeners i have uh, with wait i have with david aronovich so i'm going to well, ask him anyway him i'm going just, to so indian night yeah anybody out there actually like has her number on their mobile right can you just like call her up and just say oi yeah you want to get on dumpty dum yeah because we need to do something big for this 100th episode yeah yeah we do and we, we can't just like you know you and I just droned on because that'd be, you know, though somebody has said on Twitter, oh no, on, on our forum that for our hundredth episode, let's hope that Royfield doesn't push Lucy off a roof. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's really hope that. Thank you. Whoever that was. (laughs) Oh, now we've had lotes and lotes of uh, he-mailer in Oh, I love this bit of the show. This is where Lucy is that, reads you, incredibly you fast. About. Yeah, you can nod Go. off. Hannah Whiting, who is Kenny Koala Bear on Twitter. It's the first time we've ever been written to by Koala Bear. Now, listen to this bit, Roy. You know, you're talking about how old you were. Yes. She says, I've never contacted the show before. I've been listening since I was born in 1996. <laughs> so she's in kindergarten now, then. Hannah that is silly. Nobody was born in 1996. Don't be ridiculous. <clears throat> uh, she says her first real memory of the Archers is the wedding of Emma and Will. And me and my best friend at primary school were shocked at the affair between Ruth and Sam. I was a real dum de diddler. Um, she says it was perfect. Um, the anniversary episode, although she would have preferred Rob to have been murdered. Um, and... Uh, she yeah, she said that she is uh, now looking forward to the Archers in 2016, and um, because she felt like it was a, a sort of a return to um, the older days. And I suppose for newer listeners, it is a way of kind of consolidating the history of the Archers that they might not know the history of the show. Um, mm-hmm. But she said she's very worried about uh, Helen, and Fliss also said that she enjoyed it. She said, we've spent years complaining about absurd melodrama and ludicrous plot devices, so it was entirely refreshing to have a discussion that had a little bit of tension and fruitcake. There was no tension, though. No, she said, is Ruth staying or going? And bossy techno pip uh, arguing. If people have been listening to this podcast, they know there's no tension. She was never going to go. Well, she says it had a little bit of tension and fruitcake. And (laughs) she said, let's just be grateful that no one was slaughtered in the process. True. <laughs> now, this is the most Cosmo-ish email we've ever had from Cosmo. I fear 
I love emails that start with the words, I fear, that you have again conflated <laughs> the estate owners, Cameron Fraser and Simon Pemberton, and yes. the other Simon who married Debbie. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Cosmo. Cameron Fraser was not, to my knowledge, ever violent to Caroline and Lizzie, whom he romanced. Well, he got her up the duff and left her on a lay-by. I'm not sure that counts as romance, Cosmo. But anyway, he was a convicted insider trader who ran a Ponzi scheme and left Lizzie pregnant in a motorway service station. I think Caroline eventually got a good chunk of her money back. Simon Pemberton was a nasty British thug who beat up Debbie and Shula and the latter eventually had him convicted. He had a father, Guy, who married Caroline, a sort of Oliver Precursor, who was actually a nice guy but had been unable to bring his son up as a human being. Yes, I thought, yes, you're quite right. And I did think at the time, this is all sounding too convenient and I'm sure I've forgotten something. And you were right. Uh, I had, indeed. Now, Moira Ravenscroft has had a jolly good idea about, you know, you were talking about wanting names for groups of listeners and depending mm -hmm. on how old they were. Yes, yes, yes. She said she's just discovered us and she likes us. Thank you very much, Moira. I, I would um, like you too, Moira. She said uh, Ruth is act was acting almost as if she was jealous of Pip, like she did when David's ex-girlfriend, Sophie Barlow, turned up again. At least Pip is putting them into designer overalls. Yes. And then she said, names for groups of listeners. How about basing it on past characters? So if you can remember Walter Gabriel, then you can be an old pal and or an old beauty. Mm -hmm. If you're Mark, if you can remember Mark, then you can be a marker. If you remember Nigel, then you can be a Nigella. This is the death of. Mm -hmm. And if you say to yourself, who was Nigel anyway, then you're a babe in arms. I like that. On that basis, I am an old pal and an old beauty. So am I. Keep up the good work, Moira. And she's just registered as Windlestraw on our forum. Mm -hmm. So well you're, done, are you an old pal and an old beauty? Mm -hmm. I, I like that, right? But I still feel that there are people... Because when I came, when I started listening like 84 thing had been on for 30 years then yeah. so i think we need to recognize people who were listening from at least the 60s right so somebody needs to tell us about a character that was written out let's say mid 60s oh okay and then if you can remember that character you trump everything else yeah so you then you are yeah. a blah 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 yeah then there is a then you get epaulets and possibly the freedom of the city. <laughs> Exactly. You can walk you, you, and you get the key, to, the senior, key to Felpersham. And Dwight you can walk... senior over all the Dumpty Dum listeners. Oh, really? No, not really. No, Otherwise you'll no, go and no. find one, won't you? <laughs> 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 ah, ah, ah. Leonie Beavers on the Book of Face said, mm. Oh, a thought about the listener taxonomy. Ooh, get me. She put in brackets. Maybe you could classify by the decade that listeners first started listening. Others will have clever ideas on each decade, but a general catch-all for older listeners might be, for original listeners might be, me old beauties. Well done. Yes, so that all ties in, you see. That mm. makes sense. And Andrea Melling on the Book of Face said... I think we listeners should be classified by the decade during which we became fans. I am an 80s girl. My husband is a noughties or just naughty, depending on mood. Ooh. Mm. I like all of that, but I'm going to go back to what I said before. So you need to find, we need to find. We need like somebody like Cosmo. Yeah. We need a character or, that died out in the 60s. Yeah. Okay. He was kind of in it from the start. And then, because that there was like, wasn't there a barber at one point? They there were, were whole families, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, we yeah, yeah. About. So if so, come on, Cosmo, come on, Paul Wilkins, come on, older, older, older listeners. Yeah. Uh, tell us who who this character is, 
And of course, Lucy and I will never have heard of them. And then that will be uh, you know, the, the Don't grandest. Don't one up, though. It has got to be a proper one. Yes, that will be the grandest of Paul uh, Rinnera listener mm-hmm. title. Yeah, right. smashing. Right. Woo. Lucy, this has been a corker of a, of a New Year's show this week. <sighs> I know, I'm knackered. I know. So let's take five. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley, and much more. Its story is told to you in full color for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes, How Jamaica Conquered the World. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Nineteen fourteen, June, Sarajevo. The heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August. And then, will America be drawn Listen to in? the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American presidents. The new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. <laughs>
I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. G'day, everyone. We asked you to make a New Year's resolution for the residents of Ambridge. And Valerie Bayliss kicked us off by saying, Christopher, Alice, Kathy, Boucher, Haley, have a storyline. Ruth, find my old personality. Script writers try to concentrate on more than one storyline. Asha Wolf Robinson said, Knighthood for anyone bumping off Rob, or at least rescuing Helen. Jeter Beecroft said, Henry, tidy up my Lego every night, except that one piece on the landing. <laughs> Guy Ladbrook. Pip, always insist on contraception. Sarah Woods Rockall suggested that Brian restock the Dukes cabinet. Guy Ladbrook said, Sterling finally crush Ed. Oh, that's a bit harsh, Guy. Alison Butler said, Pat, reinsert backbone. Diane Telford, Lillian, find a new man who isn't a heel. Joe, 94, become Joe, 95. And Kirsty, do not go near Tom's sausage. Try Rex's. <laughs> Rachel Tolhurst said Ruth to unpack Sam the cowman from her suitcase and install him in Jill's writing desk. And Heidi Griffith said Pat, Tony and Tom to go to Specsavers and see what the relationship really is like between Helen and Rob. Maisie Jet said, Usha, get Helen off with self-defence. Defence. We also wished you a merry, uh, um, a happy new year. We've got some lovely responses to that. Vicky Cole said, happy new year from Nairobi. Listen to Calendar Girls on the plane, what a treat. Looking forward to another wonderful year of Dumpty Dum. As you can see, these are lovely messages and worth sharing. We have another one from Vicky Van Gorkum, who says, Happy New Year from LA. Thank you so much for your wonderful podcast. I only discovered it recently, but so glad to have another thing to listen to to keep this expat sane. Vicky, it's lovely to have you with us, and I mean that seriously. Denise Tomlinson said, Love and happiness to you all. Laura Jackson, Happy New Year, Roy Field and Lucy, looking forward to our San Francisco meetup. Annie Morley, wishing you a happy and healthy 2016. Keep up the fabulous work with the podcasts. Life just wouldn't be the same without them. I agree, Annie. Ewan Phillips, Happy New Year to you too. Thank you for your fantastic podcastery in 2015 and looking forward to more in 2016. We also had good wishes from Glenn Day After. Quentin Bennett, who says Happy New Year from New Zealand. And Witherspoon, P. McCosh Wilson, the 35th, will finish off with May 2016. Bring you good health, good fortune, good friends, lots of love and peace. And I also wish you all of those. Um, and I look forward to spending time with you in 2016. I'm now going to go off for a little break with Jembe while the rest of my family's away. We're going to a little place called Castle Main in central Victoria. And I will be back with you next week. And whatever you're doing, I hope you stay safe and have fun. Hooray. Thank you, Millie Bell from Down Under. Oh, that, 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 that was good. I tell you what, Lucy. What? 
we are having shed loads of new people join and lurk like our page with each week. Ah, really? Smashing. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're going to hit that 900 barrier very soon. I tell you what would be most awesome is if we can hit the 1000 barrier as we do the 100th episode. Yay. That would be good. Yes. Some kind of mathematical conjoining of astronomical stars or something or another. Anyway, uh but before uh we can even get to the end of this show, we need to do hashtag the Archer's tweets of the week. Um there's quite a few of these again, but that's cuz I'm doing two weeks. Um uh Simon who tweets as at 12 Isn't furniture your partner? no okay at 12 furniture who said mm. i think ruth has been sitting on the washing machine during the spin cycle she sounds <laughs> overexcited and a bit giddy um uh nozilla said now this is a really nice way this is a taxonomy if you like for mm-hmm. actual episodes themselves she described the anniversary episode as a traditional fruitcake episode none of your modern lemon drizzle in that one <laughs> so i think we should either have a lemon drizzle episode or a fruitcake episode depending on whether or not it's all new and melodramatic or whether it's the flower and produce show and somebody losing a welly or something um uh stephen sheldon said mm-hmm. uh about calendar girls hashtag calendar girls the Wi-Fi went down, so I guess I missed Toby's pals shouting, get your nips out during Abide With Me. <laughs> Steady. <laughs> um, Ellen Hughes is very sweet. Uh, Chris, this is when uh, Scruff returned, but it was the hashtag that made me laugh. Ellen Hughes, a Christmas miracle. Teals all round. Hashtag not in the silage clamp after all. <laughs> Can you, oddly that failed to trend internationally hashtag not in the silage clamp after all you can just imagine half of at least three quarters of twitter looking at that thinking what the hell <laughs> anyway and tweet of the week tweet of the festive period was john reed who said i'm rather enjoying calendar girls but then like Jean harvey i am off my tits on eggnog <laughs> <laughs> And we have an honourable mention from Lottie for Lottie Shed, Mm. who retweeted Dick Kingsmith, the uh, writer, who said that Mr. Bump, you know Mr. Bump, the Mr. Mr. Men boys. Yes, 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 yes. The Norwegian version of Mr. Bump. Virgin. Version. The Norwegian version of 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 uh, Mr. Bump is hair dumpy dump. Which really? Think she thinks sounds a bit like um, Dumpty Dump, hair Dumpy Dump. Oh, but it's very Who sweet. Knew? And she's sent a picture of a book uh, with hair Dumpy Dump on the front, which I liked very much. So there we are. Oh, smashing! All right, uh, let's crack on and and wrap things up. Shop news: Christmas has come and it's gone. Uh, As of next week, we'll be giving uh, listeners who purchased some stuff at our store an honourable mention. Because if they got you a present, uh, you'll have got the present by now. So, yes, Shop News returns next week. Lucy's favourite section of the show. Um, You can also go to dumdydum.com to comment on the shows. Not that many people actually do it. I'll tell you what they do comment on. Statistics. Gosh, us Brits, Lucy, we're a funny bunch. <laughs> you know, somebody nerdily collates stuff 
all of a sudden, massive interest and comments. Well, that no. was Corporal Humblebucket tweeted mm. and said, this is the most English waste of time, the most English massive waste of time I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I saw that and I did, I did like that tweet. <laughs> But no, Mike, don't stop, please, Mike. Don't, don't, don't see this as no. We love Mike. it. Please continue. We absolutely love it, and so does BBC Archers. They always retweet when yeah. you know when Mike does his page, and then I yeah. uh, tweet it and Facebook it. It gets loads of comments, and they retweet it. So don't stop, you, you peculiar English person, you. <laughs> um, so you can go onto our site. You can do that. You can comment on the shows, but not that you do, and you can just message other listeners and call in us directly. So brilliant. Now, if you want to keep our show on the road, there are a couple of specific ways this can be done. Yes, go to patreon.com forward slash dumpty dum and find us to support the show for $2. Or if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. Now, I've got an apology to make because I completely forgot uh, Patreoners uh, to hit that Patreon button at the uh before the end of december so what that means is that you're going to be double billed in january i'm really sorry um all i can say is i'm an ass it won't happen again (laughs) uh it's all this travel to canada just made me forget to do because normally i do it at the end of the month i add the shows up together put it on patreon and then, then it bills you and i just forgot uh time difference or something or another so um if that creates too much of a problem for you next month, um, I, I, I massively uh, apologise. Email me and we can sort something out. But you will be double billed for January, but it's just catching up with December. Uh, now, iTunes News. Lucy, mm-hmm. do you remember iTunes? I remember, do. You remember News of Reviews, Reviews News? All those years ago, yes. Uh, can you sing it? News, News, News of Reviews. Yeah. 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 Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, now, Folks, it's tough out there in podcast land without positive reviews. We need you. Well, we've got all these blooming new listeners all over the globe. We need you to go onto iTunes and write us a positive review. Five star us, please. Uh, because that way, then we get even more listeners and good things happen. Now, we have two new reviews. One from the US of A and one from good old Blighty. Uh, this is SA62. says, mm-hmm. Brilliant. Best podcast, great to hear other people's opinions on the archers and usually agree with them. Lucy, Royfield and on occasion Andrew Horn are brilliant and funny. Hoorah! Thank you! I don't like reading these out, it's embarrassing. Uh, better than Trivia Night at the Bull, says Clara from California. This is one of those unique podcasts where the presenters become like your friends. We are your friends. Each week you look forward to hearing what Royfield, Lucy, various caller inners, book of face posters and Twitterers will find delightful, frustrating, well-written or totally idiotic about the goings-on in our favourite English finish. To be fair, Clara, it is genuinely idiotic. But anyway, they've done a great job of creating a community I enjoy being a part of from all the way across the pond. Lovely. Thank you very much. And um, did, how did Ilanthi Rosa get on with them? Um, finding more people in california to be friends with that Um, all the californians were all getting together weren't they well and i'm gonna corral them together because i'll be over there in 10 days nine days so i'm gonna take it upon myself to get the north bayers the east bayers and the people in the city all together uh for a northern californian bay area dum-de-dum get together yay nice yay good 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 I love me some San Francisco fun. Remember 
to get in contact with us, you need to send us a voice message via SpeakPipe. You can do that by going onto our website and clicking the red tab over on the right. Or you can call us on 020-303-131015 leave us a telephonic message, which we will then place on the show and comment on or possibly even ignore uh but you know it'll be smashing the super so do that or another way of contacting us and being part of this wonderful community is to go on to the twitters where and you can find us where we are at dum de dum and you can tweet me tweet me i did say tweet me tweet me where i'm at royfield uh me at lucy v freeman or sarah smith at sarah underscore smith and the final way of contacting us is to go onto the book of face where you, you type in dum dum and then you will see a group, well, it's a page. Let's get that up to a 1,000 in the next nine episodes. I know we can do it. I think that's just about me done. Oh, next week, mm-hmm. who's going to be sat on Derek's couch with you? Andrew Horn. Mm. Next week, I will be having the horn. Really? <laughs> I think Andrew's wife might be sitting <laughs> Set about that, Lucy. Then <laughs> again, you never know. They might have quite an open marriage. You never know. <laughs> so, yeah. She'll be like, Andrew Hornaway, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, um, folks, I'll be back in two weeks' time. Andrew will be deputising and doing a sterling job. So that's all from me. I will say tatty bye and welcome into our third year of podcasting together. Is it? Well, we started this in 2014. We're into our third year. It's not three years. It's our into our third year. Crikey. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Mm. 15,000. It's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. Mm. It's a lot of people that don't have anything else better to do with their time. I know. That's quite worrying. <laughs> Hello, Dumpty Dum. Goddess Steve here. I know I'm not going to be in time for this week's podcast, but I'm going to have to start doing this on a Monday and getting into the next week's podcast because of my shifts. I just don't get time to ring you on a Sunday once I've had the omnibus. Anyway, enough about that this week i'd like to talk about the goings on at brookfield farm what i would say is well done pip for going and snaring your man pip and matthew all the way i've been shipping them since he first came in as long as she stays away from the fair brethren that's great and anybody who slut shames pip for going after what she wants is gonna have to deal with me she's in her 50s she's been married and divorced a couple of times she can do whatever she bloody likes um the 65th year episode I'm going to be a bit controversial here. I liked it. I really liked it. It was it was nice. I got to learn about about milk yields and stuff and, and short horns and long horns and giggled a lot at horns. Not growing up, decided not to. Um, so, yeah, it was really good. Even Hootie Jill didn't get so much on my nerves because she seemed happy. She seems actually generally excited and, and the baking doesn't feel so passive-aggressive anymore. Um, David, 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 couldn't just piss off. He's just getting right on my tits. He's just so like, breaking my arm. Yeah, get over yourself, dish, dickhead. And I have to say, I'm going to say something else very controversial here. I am Team Ruth. Team Ruth all the way. She did her thing. She went away. She found herself. She came back and she's putting her foot down. And when she's, when he said, I want things to go back to the way they were. And she said, that can't happen. I cheered because finally she's actually putting her bloody foot down in a way that isn't aggressive and whiny and team roof. And I'm going to get pom-poms and I'm setting up a cheerleader squad who's with me. I'm expecting I'm going to be on my own. 
but never mind. I love Ruth, and Ruth is awesome, and Diva can shut up, and Pip, go on, girl. Um, right, that's it. That's it for me this week, apart from to say I'm still loving the cob- cod past. Seriously, I need more sleep. And um, I will speak to you next Monday, and look forward to hearing what all the wonderful, witty, funny... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. People of Dumpty Dum land have to say about last week's goings on. All right, then. I will speak to you soon. Take care. Goddess Diva out. <laughs>